Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Yo, what's up? This is Prophet Josiah. Make sure you listen to my album, God Made Me Do It, on all streaming platforms. Right now, you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Stuck inside of this basement, wasted. Dream so big, so vivid, I mean, I swear to y'all, I can taste it. Cake so good, but I don't know none of y'all out here that's gonna make it. So I go and get mine from the public, and they love it, but I'm chasing. Sugar free brand, man, a lot of people living that sweet life, they're just faking. And ain't nothing more cold in my mind than me to being so real and authentic. And I'm riding around with my windows down, and got nothing to hide, it ain't tinted. And I ain't got a whole lot of time, so I guess it's all about how we spend. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports, man. Y'all already know what it is, and y'all know how I'm feeling today, man. We got Damian Parsons. I'm back in the building, man. And y'all know we're about to get a lesson in this NFL draft, man. We're about to go into it. Man, I don't I don't even know how to preference it anymore. I don't even know what to say <laughs> before we get in the initial words anymore, man. All I'm going to say is, welcome, brother. Welcome, hey, man. man. Welcome. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, man. You know what I mean? God bless. I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Always fun talking to you, Rick. And I you know, always appreciate you uh, welcoming me on the show, man. So, hey, I'm ready to talk to me and throw a draft with you, brother. Yo, you dropped the um, yo, you dropped the mock, man. You yeah, yeah. Mock. It's mock season already. It's man. hey, man. Listen, it's it's week. It's going into week ten. I was like, it's it's past the midway point. Let's go ahead and let's get this thing going. Um, and I, I'm what my plan is is to um, drop another one in about four weeks. So about week fourteen, have another one. My mock two point that gives me time to watch some more film adjust some rankings, um, and, of course, let the draft order kind of play out a little more. Uh, right now, you know, got a lot of teams that are one win, two wins, and, of course, the Jets are the only one with zero wins. So uh, a lot of football to be played on both both ends of the spectrum. So I'm excited. Man, the Jets almost came off that um, zero win situation, man. And um, they made sure that they didn't, too. <laughs> you you saw it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look. You dropped this. Um, you dropped your mic draft on CrockerReport.com, yo. Um, you started off at the very top with the Jets as the first pick, right? Um, and mm-hmm. and I just have the first question, man. Is there any way on earth possible, any possible way, Trevor Lawrence doesn't go number one overall? So, I'll, I'll tell you this: the only way I can see Trevor Lawrence not going number one, the Miami Dolphins have the Houston Texans pick. And the Texans are right now are a bad team, a terrible organization. There's so much going wrong in this in, with that franchise. They only have two wins. And if they continue to lose out and somehow the Jets win a game or two and they drop, you know, the Jets move and, and the Houston Texans drop and get the number one pick, mm-hmm. that pick goes, that's Miami's pick. Miami right now are five and three. They're in playoff contention in the AFC. Say they continue to win and they make it to the playoffs, Tua keeps playing well, and they have the number one overall pick in the draft from the Texans, there's no way Trevor Lawrence is being selected because they, they Brian Flores knows, I have my guy. We were successful. We made it to the playoffs. We did things that nobody saw coming in 2020. That's really the only way. It's if a team that's already set at quarterback gets that pick because – 
if the Dolphins got it and they still and like they stick with Tua, they can use that pick for with the team. Maybe uh, the Jets they they try to take some picks away from the Jets and because the Jet, everyone knows the Jets do not want to keep Sam Darnold. Even though to me, I think it's unfair when you look at the fact that the Jets have not surrounded Sam Darnold with talent whatsoever. Denzel Mims played what one two games this season. He was hurt majority of the season. Rashad Perriman, your big time free agent, was has been hurt all year. You let Robbie Anderson go to Carolina, and he's over there as one of the top ten receivers in receiving yards. So yeah, they got to get Gates out of there. So to answer your question, I don't see any way besides that scenario that Trevor Lawrence doesn't go number one. Um, I mean, of course, if he met. Uh, Justin Fields again for year two and they meet in the playoffs or maybe the national championship game and Trevor struggles and Justin and Justin Fields balls out that discussion could be had mm. but right now the, the 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 hype and everything the mystique of Trevor Lawrence is just too great not to go number one yo um any truth to the to the rumor or the thought that he may not come out if the Jets hold that first pick no no it, it's a lot of hot smoke uh, I appreciate him, you know, giving people something to talk about, something to write about, uh, get some clickbait going. But let's be honest here. You are not going back to college, bro. You are not. Like, the money is too great in the NFL. And, and dare I say, you don't you don't go this year. The Jets still find a way to get this, the pick next year. You can't go keep going back to school, bro. So go ahead and come out. Yo, any 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 possibility he pulls the Eli? Yo, I don't think we appreciated how crazy it was for Eli to do what he did at the time, right? Because apparently everybody yeah. we thought may pull an Eli, right? But nobody's done it since Eli. Is there any way he pulls the Eli? Be like, yo, don't pick me. Just straight up, don't do it. I I, I could see it because I think he has that type, like I said, that type of mystique, that type of hype that the media loves. He's a media darling. Everyone loves him. I could see. Like and I can see it going over okay, and, and nobody's questioning his love for the game. Nobody's questioning nothing. Like, oh, it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, sure he can pull him. It's the Jets. Who wouldn't want to not play for the Jets, right? So I could see it. <clears throat> um, I would love. I love drama. Um, <laughs> so for me, you know what I'm saying. I, I I love drama, man. So Criminal Minds were my favorite shows of all time. So legit, if if he comes out and say, "Listen, do not draft me. I will not show up." Whatever the case may be, I am going to have so much fun with that because that's going to be amazing for me. But outside of that, nah, man, he's listen. He ain't pulling. He's not pulling the Eli Manning. He's going to be a Jet. He's going to be in that black and yellow. Um, I mean, the black and green, and he's going to, to do his thing. I guess we'll see. Man, look, I'm I'm hearing Sue is the best O lineman since Orlando Pace. Any mm. true to that at all? Why Why is he like a, a lock in the Man. prospects? Like, why is he a, a lock in the scouts' eyes? I, I I can't say he's the best as Orlando Pete. I mean, it, he's up there. From a trait standpoint, <clears throat> I mean, and Chris, Chris, he's still a little raw in his technique. Like, watching him, he's fluid. He's smooth. But he, he looks like – you look at his – you look at him, look at his face. He looks like one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Between the lines, he becomes a warrior. And in the run game, he moves people. He mauls people. And, and he's athletic. He's quick. He's nimble. I love, to, I love when I see him, when he detaches from the online, he gets out in space on screen plays and, and sweeps and toss and cracks. And he gets out there. He hunts down people. And he moves so fast for a guy his size, for a 300-pounder. He moves so well. 
So when you look at it, and like I said, one thing about him, when he gets his hands on you, he controls you. And that's what you want to see from a tackle prospect is does he know how to punch, when to punch, and when he does you know, land his punches. I, I, I always uh, compare it to boxing. You know, it's, it's a defensive game until it has to be an offensive game. So in passing situations, tackles and offensive linemen, they're dropping back. They're on the defense. They're, they're defending their quarterback. And but that that defense stops the moment they throw that punch to throw off that 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 pass rusher. So for me, that's that's just the biggest thing with him. He he's nasty. Like he finishes plays in the run game. He's amazing. He's great in pass coverage, uh, in pass protection. And like I said, he's still a little raw in his technique. So he's only going to get better. Um, and, and I think honestly, I think in the NFL weight program, he's going to get stronger too. So that makes it even because if he gets strong, he adds on a little bit of muscle, gets stronger uh, when it comes down to functionally, and still be able to drop back and get out of his sets quick, that's that's trouble for a defender. Yo, do you think if the Cowboys sneak up to number one, they uh they make the move? I would. I I, I, I definitely would. I mean, Ty, Tyron Smith is, is one of the greatest – one of the best left tackle prospects I remember seeing coming out, and he's played up to that when he was healthy in the NFL. He's been battling injuries these past couple of years. I think, you know, he still can play at a high level, but you need that depth. Uh, Leo Collins is a solid right tackle. He's not great or elite. I would prefer, honestly, I would, I would you know, it, it depends on how they view Leo, if, he's, if he can convert back to convert into the guard spot. He's strong. He's physical. I'll kick him in that guard. Let's get that power run game going. The, the, the combo blocks, the man down blocks. And then I'll put, you know, I'll put Sewell at either left or right tackle. Uh, just depends if Tyron Smith doesn't want to switch sides. And I'm, I'm trying to build because at the end of the day, Jerry Jones paid Dakota Prescott. You understand me? Pay that man. You see how your team, what your team looks like without him. Pay him. So you pay that Prescott. Now, you know, you draft yourself a potential cornerstone at left tackle again to replace the cornerstone you've had for the last decade. You may kick that cornerstone to the right side, and now you have an offensive line that's, that's right there where you need it to be to protect that, to open games, open holes in the run game for Zeke and Tony Pollard. I would definitely pull the trigger. I mean, because that offensive line right now is in shambles, and we see how it looks. Uh, when the quarterback doesn't have enough time to, to to survey the field and make plays. Man, it's funny because at one point, it was a legendary offensive line. And oh, yeah. You looked at it in awe, and it was eat Zeke, and it was cons- consistent and continuous. And Dak was rising, and this Dallas Cowboys team looked like they was right on the brink of being legendary. And then, you know, it just kind of all went away, man. Um, yeah. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking over the mock. I'm hearing a lot about Patrick Sertan, man. Um, how does he compare mm-hmm. to some of the elite cornerback prospects we've seen in the last few years, like a Jeff Okuda, a Lattimore, um, wide over with Buffalo? How does he compare in that in, in those that group of guys? Um, you know, he, he has the height, the weight, and the speed. Um, he, he has fluid hips, can turn and run well when, when challenged vertically. And one thing I like about him is that the, at, at the line of scrimmage, it's kind of a cat and mouse game with receiving press coverage, with receiving the corners. He does a good job not overplaying himself, um, kind of just keeping his, you know, keeping himself on his toes, you know, keeping his feet moving, waiting for the receiver 
to make a move before landing his, his punch in the press uh, to reroute them and throw off timing. And he, he's fluid. He's smooth. And look at that, you know, Okuda. To me, Okuda was such a complete player. Like, he was – to me, Okuda was better – and shout-out to Eric Crock and kind of opened my eyes. Okuda was a better zone corner than man. He, and with his elite – with his legit speed, his recovery speed, you saw that. You know, he played off, and he could click and close and drive it with a snap of a finger. And White, you know, White is a combo corner as well, can play man, but with his instincts, his ball instincts, his ball skills, he, to me as well, is better as a zone guy rather than playing simply man-to-man like Stephon Gilmore and Jalen Ramsey all game for 60, 70 snaps. And same thing with Lattimore. Lattimore, to me, is a better – is more of a man corner. And I kind of see – the sim, to me, is the similarities between Sertan and Lattimore with kind of the height – um, you know, the way that they use their frame, their long arms, they know how to control or see, they know how to squeeze them down, tighten them up to the sideline and, and, and erase them and take them away. Um, and, and that's why I like for, I'm, of course, I want to see when, what I'm look, waiting on is, and I'm, I think they postponed the LSU game. I want to see Sertan versus uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. I wanted to see that matchup a lot because Terrace Marshall, which if you check out the mock, I do have him in the first round. I saw um, it. You know, I saw it. And, and I, I was paired him about with, it. I paired him with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know what I mean? So, Terrace is incre- – like, he is incredible to me. I'm a big fan of his. I started – I was actually studying him this offseason. I'm like, man. And then watching how they use him, put him at the Y, at the X, at the Z, especially in the slot, big slot, good feet, quick, strong, physical frame, um, really aggressive – he plays with the that ball is mine mentality in contested catch situations, and I love that. I don't I don't like when guys wait for the ball to come to them. No, go get that's what they you're taught in practice. Attack at the highest point, and he has no problem with that. And he just got a dog mentality. He can block. He he's to me he's going to be a steal. Did you have a problem with his drop passes last season? Like. He's yeah. consistent with that, and 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 that was a little bit of the thing that that you know took me a little bit away from him. Like I was, I yeah. was all in when he first came in. Came in as a very high, um, highly recruited um, guy, and I was like, "Yo, this dude's gonna be crazy, right?" Mm-hmm. Watching yeah. him consistently drop the ball, you know, when when he was when he had time to shine, gave me pause. Does it give you pause? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Anytime I see um, a receiver drop passes or a running back fumble like Jonathan Taylor fumbled so much in college. Like, and, you know, we're seeing it kind of rear its ugly head a little bit in the NFL. Uh, I think he has, like, just one fumble in the season. But ball security is key. And um, and catching passes, that's your job. That's what you get paid to do. So seeing him struggle with that a little bit last year, same thing with Tamori and Terry in F- with, with Florida State. He struggled with drops last year. Then he has a couple drops this year. Got to clean it up, right? And ter- to me, so far this year, it looks like Terrace Marshall has cleaned that up. Um, and he's more confident in himself and his hands. Um, you know, I got always say, man. You know, I, I watch uh, watch a lot of TV, a lot of um, you know drama show, field shows, things like you know Criminal Minds and uh, NCIS LA. And you know, LL Cool J said, and I even said this on my pod a couple weeks ago. Told one of his one of his colleagues, trust your training. You know what I mean? And that's what I would tell to any player, any prospect. You train hard. You work hard. Trust everything you've done to this point when you go on the field on, on Saturdays and Sundays, trust it, trust that you made all the preparations necessary to be the best player on the field that, 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 that night and that day. So long he's trusted himself and he, and it, it's showing up. 
Man, I'm looking at I'm looking at the mock, and once again, man, go to the CrockerReport.com to check out this mock. It is dope, man. Um, it, it's a lot of like it's a lot of drama in it. It's a lot of drama. In it. <laughs> Yo, um, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Miami, and I'm I'm seeing you're you're thinking they're building up that defense even more. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Michael Parsons, man. Um, he's one of the most highly rated linebackers I've seen in quite some time, right? Especially if he's like being considered in the early part of the first round. What separates him from the prospects that we've seen like recently like a queen right like uh, we've seen some of those prospects come in recently and they were highly touted as later yeah. first round guys but we haven't seen a high first round linebacker guy in a while um is he like Simmons though because maybe Simmons kind of was in that spot where he has position versatility <clears throat> or is he just a pure linebacker who we believe is should be rated that high so he he's like Simmons in a way so Simmons was his versatility came just all over the defense. Inside linebacker, outside linebacker, edge rusher, slot corner, um, safety, strong safety, free safety, robber. He, he did everything, right? <clears throat> With Micah, Micah actually, a lot, if you, you, you know, go back to his high school, he was a defensive end. So he has – he, he rushed the passer. He's got good hands, I actually, um, which I'm probably going to re, just uh, retweet it because – out, we watched film on him a couple months ago before the season started, and there was a play where he's lined up head up to the center uh, in the zero tech. Uh, he's blitzing, and he's showing that he's blitzing. And the center snaps the ball, and he swim moves the life out of this guy, like just puts the center on his face, gets back there to the quarterback, rushes a pass. You don't see many many linebackers pulling off pass rush moves, and that's where it comes from him playing defensive end in high school. His scheme versatility comes from the fact that he can play as your middle linebacker, your quarterback of your front seven in a 43 defense or even in a 34. But I look at him from a physical standpoint and a skill set. You could put him as a stand-up outside linebacker in a 34 and let him just play the runoff, set the edge, try to you know, rush the passer, and he's, he's athletic enough to where he can drop into zone. You don't, didn't see a ton of man coverage in him like you saw with Isaiah Simmons. But at the same time, you, like I said, you could drop him in the, into zones and he could be effective there. You don't have to put him in man coverage. But the thing about it, especially with him at the middle linebacker position, when you send him after the quarterback, he gets home. Anyway, anyhow, he gets home. He's athletic. He's physical. He's strong. High IQ. There's one play, um, I forget, I think it was against Rutgers. I was studying that running back. I actually tweeted the, the clip out. He's at, line, he's at the inside linebacker spot, Michael Parsons. He, he flows to the ball, and he picks the wrong hole. That's the crazy thing. Any, usually when you see a, a linebacker take the wrong hole, the wrong uh, rushing lane, and the running back bounces that out, the, the linebacker's outside of the play. Not Micah. He took the wrong lane. He, he circled. He legit wrapped around, and you saw the burst. The burst is so insane. You saw the burst from his, from his twitchy lower half. And he caught. He walked him down. He walked him down. And I'm like, this is a fast run. This running back got speed. Isaiah Pacheco, check him out from Rutgers. Um, underrated running back. He's got speed. He's not a he's not a slow leak at all. Mm. And watching Michael walk him down was just I was like, yo, like okay, that that his the athletic ability is so profound with him. Do you expect us to see that reflected in his forty time? I think so. I, I would. If he runs, if he runs worse than a four six, I'll be shocked. Like legit, I, I'll be shocked. I think he's a four six or better. Mm. Look, 
I'm I'm going through the mock again. I want to mm-hmm. know what type of year this is, bro. Like, what type of year is this? Last year seems like the year of the sexy, you know, picks, right? What mm-hmm. year is this, man? Is it an O-line year, D-line year? Is it a quarterback year? Like, what type of year is this year, um, you know, in the draft? So, I'm going to answer that two ways. It's a combo year to me. It's mm-hmm. still a skill position, right? So, you look at running backs. You got Travis Etienne. Najee Harris, uh, I think it's Kenneth or Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Um, you know, it, it's Trey Sermon. It's a lot of different guys coming out from a running back perspective. And, of course, receiving, this receiving class, my, my God, it's, it's loaded. It's loaded from a depth, especially from a depth standpoint. We, last year we had guys like K.J. Hill, who was one of the best slot receivers in college football last year at Ohio State, going to the sixth round because – he didn't run a fast enough for you. So, but hey, when you can run routes, you can create, you can separate, and you have great hands. I don't really care about your 40. But looking at this class, it's going to be a similar thing. We're going to have names that people are like, man, how did he fall to the fifth or sixth round? Because teams are going to, I, I'm, I, I want to say this, I think we're getting to a place now, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with receivers that we are with running backs. Mm. Running backs, what's, 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 what's the old, what's the new adage, right? Why take them in the first round? You can get one in the fourth. You can get one in the fifth. You can get one in the sixth. Yep. Why pay a running back when I can draft one in the first round next year? That's where it's kind of headed with receivers. Because you see that you have guys – look at Alabama. Alabama's put out Julio Jones, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. Now you got Jalen Waddle. And, oh, I'm kept Henry Ruggs, who's over in, in, in Las Vegas. You got J- Jalen Waddle coming out, Devontae Smith. Next year of 2022, most, more, than, more than likely, John Michi. Like, there's the, the rece- they're almost wide receiver you right now. They're going to be guys. Like, the teams are going to start looking at it possibly. Like, hey, why? Okay, you know, if, if I got a Michael Thomas and he's kind of, a, kind of a headache a little bit, I know you're great, but there's a lot of great young receiver prospects coming out, and they're cheaper. And they, I can mold them into my own image. I don't have to worry about their attitude becoming a problem because they're cocky and arrogant or whatever the case may be. I can grab one of these guys. So I think we may be heading towards that, where the bigger name receivers, you know, that, of course, elite guys you don't want to let walk away. But the next level guys, those 12 to 15 caliber receivers, maybe you let them walk and get the big payday from a bad team who's trying to rebuild their, their receiving core and you draft you a young prospect, you mold them, you shape him, and let them go eat in your offense. Um, but on the, on the flip side to it, like I said, I think it's a skill position draft. It's a quarterback draft for, for the simple fact of need. You got a lot of teams that have uncertainty at the QB position. The Steelers, yes, they have uh, Big Ben, but for how long? And we saw, what the, we saw what it looks like without him. We saw Duck and Rudolph. <laughs> I don't want to see any more of either one of those. So, no. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't want to see that. I don't, that's bad football. I don't like bad football. I don't want to see that again. You know, New England, what, what are they going to do? They're going to keep Cam? They're going to draft a young guy? Who knows? Phillip Rivers. Yes, they won last night. His inconsistency continues to show week in and week out. You need to get a young, talented guy in there that can, if you do bring him back for a year, sit behind him and then take the job. You know, the Saints, Taysom Hill ain't it. We all know that. He's not a quarterback. Are they going to keep Jameis? Who knows? Drew Brees only has, what, another two years left? You know, like, like a year? Like, 
So who who knows the the Will need for it? quarterback? Will we give it <laughs> week ten? <laughs> so Enjoy, I'm bro. just saying, <laughs> like this is a class, and I, I mean I could rattle off the names. Of course, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance, the new kid on the block, as you saw from my mock, Zach Wilson from BYU is everything that people wanted Johnny Manziel to be. Um, Kyle Trask from Florida, Desmond uh, Ritter, who plays in about, I think, 15 minutes uh, for Cincinnati. I'm, I'm going to watch him play. I got to. He's, 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 he's a really good player. And he's a guy that, that you can stash behind a veteran quarterback like a Big Ben, and then you develop him and let him loose. Athletic, good arm, uh, throws with, with good velocity and ball placement. But like I said, you can run the New Age style of offense with the read options, the RPOs, and he can make things happen with his legs. Uh, Spencer Sanders, uh, Brock Purdy, is a lot. This, this is a QB draft as well simply because of need. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Man, you talked about the wide receiving class, and, and you talked about how many wide receivers will go in this draft. I, I'm, I'm going through and I'm seeing a situation here. You got mm-hmm. Waddle ahead of Jamar Chase. When uh-huh. Chase last year was the consensus number one, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's up? I love Jamar Chase. Like, and and the thing for me is he's an electric player. But for me, I anybody that follows me on Twitter, and if you don't, my Twitter handle DP underscore NFL. Um, I always talk about traits with players in the off season. People were wondering would rot the the com- the combo player receiver hybrid rather hybrid receiver hybrid receiver and running back um, Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team, would he be able to trans, transition into a full-time running back role? I said yes. Not just because he's, what, six foot, 230, and runs a 4-3. No, that's not it. That's not all of it, actually. It's his traits. You know, good vision, good feet, contact balance, strong, physical, fast. He has the, tr- the traits to be a running back. And you're seeing that now when they use him pr- properly in games in the NFL. Jalen Waddle, I, I don't, the, the one, when I look at it, I always do like the Taylor Lutain. What is this player better at than this player? Jalen Waddle runs better routes. He's, of course, much faster than Jamar Chase. Um, scheme versatile as well. Play X to Y to Z. He, he, his twitch is incredible. Like, I don't, I don't think Jamar Chase is going to be a 4-4 guy. I think he's going to be a 4-5 guy, similar to CeeDee Lamb last year. Jalen Waller could very well be a 4-2 type of guy. Like, that's where the Tyreek Hill um, comparisons come from. You know, J- Jamar Chase, I think, has more consistent hands. But at the line of scrimmage, Jalen Waller is better. He creates more separation. Everything doesn't have to be contested. And with Jamar Chase, that, that was my issue with him. At the line of scrimmage – he doesn't – my thing is, how do you win? I want to see – I want to evaluate the way that you win. And I don't like the way he wins all the time because he doesn't – he allows – and it's not even just one tape, not just Alabama. I watched it against Alabama. I think it was Mississippi State. I watched it from numerous games where he allowed the cornerbacks to get super physical with him. And his game was like, I'm just going I'm, – I'm, I'm strong. I'm physical. I'm going I'm to be more physical. I'm going to out-physical you. Going against Jalen Ramsey, that is not going to work. Going against Stephon Gilmore, that's a no-brainer. Like, you can't – you need to – he has to develop his, 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 his releases at the line of scrimmage, get quicker. And the one thing that frustrated me with him, he didn't play with suddenness off the snap every play. 
I'll see times where he's just kind of lollygagging off the line before getting into his route, and he's getting jammed up. And I'm like, okay, you're giving me a little bit of Nikhil Harry vibes a little bit, and I don't like it. Like, I, I, did, I saw that from Nikhil Harry, and I, don't, I didn't like it. I didn't trust it. And, of course, fast forward two years, after, you know, two years later, and we see what Nikhil Harry has been. So I, I got Jalen Waddle for, uh, above him because I think from an aspect, he's a legit three-level guy. He can beat you um, in an intermediate, uh, underneath intermediate, and of course he can go deep. He's a guy that legitimately can take not just the safety and the corner, and he can force them to key on him. Jamar Chase isn't the guy that's going to just legitimately threaten you vertically. He plays – he high points with the best of them. Great contested catch uh, type of receiver. But, again, I need you to win with some finesse. You don't, have, you don't always have to be physical. Learn how, like, same thing with a running back. Okay, you're, you're in open field. You got that safety one-on-one. That safety is the last guy before you score 80-yard touchdown. Do I want you to run him over or do I want you to give him a little two-step, sauce him up a little bit, get around him, and keep running? I want you to get around this guy because we need the six points. We need that touchdown. Learn how to play with finesse. And I think that's the thing for me. Jalen Waller knows how to play with finesse. And the the crazy thing about it, he's athletic enough. He goes up and gets the ball at the highest point as well. So he's fearless, competitive toughness, all of it. Just watch watch his tape and and, and just see some of the clips of him breaking on routes. When he puts the foot in the ground, there's an old saying, if he's even, he's leaving. In terms of guys being faster than others, Jalen Waller's the type of guy you can have two step. You the DB can be two steps in front of him. Mm. When he plants and he drives, it's over. It's a wrap. You know what I mean? How does he compare to to a Henry Ruggs? Because last year we had this this thing, Judy or Ruggs, right? Mm-hmm. And even Jefferson kind of got in that conversation. And you see yeah. how they're outperforming Ruggs, right? Yeah. Like like really outperforming Ruggs. So now we're looking, we're going back to this argument, right? Technician versus like possible speed stud, right? Yeah. And you're looking at a guy like, same, same. We're looking at Chase versus, you know, Waddle. The question is, when you look at Waddle and Ruggs, what's the story there? Ruggs, you know, he had solid technique, you know, solid movement at the line, um, trying to beat press coverage. But the difference for me was, I, me personally, I think, it's like having two Ferraris, right? Like, you know both of them are fast, right? But for me, I, I, when I look at it, I think, I think Waddle has a little gnaws in it, a little, little, little extra, so that when he when, – like I said, when he plants, he goes, and it's immediate. Like, you can see – like, it's kind of like trap. When you see that guy just dip the head in that first – in the 100 meters, that first 10 meters or so, his head's dropped, and he's blowing by people. Then he slowly rises up. Jalen Waddle's that type of guy. But the thing about it, he's a better technician than Henry Ruggs was as well. Mm. Better Ran better routes, better releases at the line of scrimmage. Um, he, he manipulates very well. He's not the route runner that Jerry Judy is, but I always said you take half of Judy's routes and put it into – and give it to Ruggs, give it to Ruggs you have Jalen Waddle. Mm. So you have, the, you, have the, you have the innate ability to manipulate defenders and beat them on, on routes – and then you have four, three, four, two speed on top of. Yo, let's let's talk. We talked about the quarterbacks a little bit, so we did. You did give me some highlights on that. Um, I'm gonna skip ahead to Kyle Pitts because 
he was a monster, man. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's a legit monster. <clears throat> and I mean, I, in my in my estimation, he's all world. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. used to have guys on our football team um, who get all the paper clippings, all the interviews, all the stuff. Call them all world. You feel what I'm saying? And actually, one yeah. of, did a pose with the world in his hand like this: the world awaits. <laughs> right? Where's this dude going? Right. I look at a guy like Kyle Pitts. He feels all world to me, right? He's oh, yeah. doing it on a yeah. week-to-week basis. And we haven't seen this, like, tight end type of domination for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You got him in, like, the 20s in your mind. You think mm-hmm. he legit can fall that far? And if he does, why? So, one thing I, I, I actually tweeted out, the need for quarterback to me is going to push guys down the draft board. So – because you got Trevor, Justin, Trey, and now you have Zach Wilson. That's four guys in the top 15 easily. Now you got to think about Michael Parsons. He's going top 15, has to. Kenny Sewell, got to go, right? Jalen Waddle, I think he, him and Jamar Chase are top 15 type caliber guys. Teams going to want to – somebody's going to want to add that to their receiving room. Greg Russo. You know, dominant DN from from Miami teams want to improve their pass rush. Mm. Patrick Sertan, Caleb Fowler, two of the top rated corners. Like, I, I could see Pitts going. And I, it was listen. I explain when I do my mocks. I don't do them where I think guys will go. Per, you know, per se, I do them what I would do as well. So, mm. <clears throat> I know Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jets. There's no need for me to even. Tell myself, I'm not drafting. No, no, he's going to the Jets. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah it's right, write it down. Just go ahead and the Jets can turn in the car right now, and it's still going to be good to the draft. It's just what it is. And <clears throat> so for me, I, I got to the New England pick. I was like, Cam Newton comes back for another year, gets a full offseason to learn the system, get that chemistry with his receivers. Why not give him Kyle Pitts? Why not? Like the 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 dominance that he the, the versatility everything he offers why not? But then Jamar Chase was on the board. And I'm like, well, the receiver room needs some explosive tendencies. They need some explosive traits. They need an explosive playmaker. Jamar Chase is a guy that can do that. So it's kind of pissed. So it's like it was just hard for me. I'm like I'm looking at it, and as it comes coming down the board, and I got to the, you know Justin Fields. I'm like, okay, Justin Fields is with the Jaguars. I get to pick. Wait a minute, Kyle Pitts is still on the board. Mm. There's no way. I'm looking at DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, who I'm, I'm going to do a film thread on after I watch his film this weekend. And I'm just sitting there like, man, Justin Fields with those guys. Then you throw Kyle Pitts at tight end because Tyler Eifert is not that guy anymore. He never recovered after being injured so many times. He lost some explosiveness. He just he lost his, himself because of injuries. So then you put Kyle Pitts in that offense, and it's like, AFC South teams, defend this. And, and me, I'm an offensive-minded guy anyway. I'm thinking all the creative ways that you can use Kyle Pitts. That you can put him at the, at, out wide and throw a tunnel screen to a tight end that moves like a receiver. I'm watching him. Go back to his tape last year against your, your LSU Tigers. <clears throat> there were times that y'all put Byron Stingley on him, and he routed him up. He beat him at the line of scrimmage against press, and he got separation against one of the best cornerbacks in the nation that receivers couldn't beat. 
that showed the, the, the type of physical ability that Kyle Pitts had. I know a lot of people, and, I, and trust me, Pat Fryermuth, baby Gronk, is a monster himself. Mm. Brevin Jordan from Miami, another mismatch waiting to happen. But I'm looking at teams that, okay, if I want a guy that I could truly dictate the coverage at tight end, <clears throat> that's what a lot of teams do. When you have an elite tight end, the Gronkowski's in his prime, the, the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittles, Zach Ertz when he's healthy, what do you do with them? You motion them to see what kind of coverage the defense is in. Okay, if I flip them to the opposite side of the formation and I see that guy roll with him, okay, that's man. I know that's man. If they don't roll with him, it's zone. It's probably a bracket, maybe a, tr- a triangle type of coverage, high, uh, high and low type of read for the defense where it's like, okay, we're going to play underneath. We're going to play – you know, we're not going to let him have his way. So I was like, man, you know, he, he fell just because there are so many prospects. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He could – my next mark, he could be top 15 easy. But that's just kind of, you know, being G – I had my GM hand on for every team, and I was going for their biggest need. And there were teams I wanted to put him in. But I'm like, this team, they, they need – they need a tackle, right? You know, this team needs a guard. This team needs a linebacker. They need this, they need that. And, like, that's a luxury pick. For the Jaguars, that's a need and a luxury. So I gave it to him. Man, look, I'm 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 looking through I'm looking through it. You mentioned the four quarterbacks at the top. You got a fifth one here, mm-hmm. right? In the top twenty, right? No names, no names. I want y'all to go read it. No names. But you got a fifth one here, right? But I tell mm-hmm. you who the name is not, not Kyle Trask. No. Any possibility if he keeps balling like he is, he sneaks into Late first? Yes. I actually I actually see a scenario where he's selected late first. And I'm gonna tell you where I see it. I see it with your Saints. Um yeah, I see it with your <laughs> Saints. Um, you know, I don't think he has the arm strength to go play in a city like Pittsburgh. Oh. Uh with that weather and stuff like that. But you put him in the dome. You know, he throw he has a he has an over the top motion which makes the ball he throws a beautiful, beautiful pass. He has an over-the-top over throwing motion, um, which allows the ball to come out nice and smooth, throws a good deep ball. Um, he throws a ca- very catchable ball. Like his receivers don't have any issues catching his football. Um, and and he, you can tell he's an intelligent guy. He's a little bit of a statue. He's not really mobile. Um, like he, has, he has solid arm strength, not great. But, again, for me, uh, like I said, looking at your – your Saints, him playing in a dome with Michael Thomas and the weapons y'all have there, Alvin Kamara. And the thing about it is he knows where the right read is. He knows how to get to his read. Um, he's very talented. And I look at it from the aspect now going into to the rest of the season. He's a, he To me, he's a Heisman candidate. And if he goes, he, you know, he, he balled out last week against Georgia. Just destroyed them. Okay, well. You go to to the SEC championship, you're going to see Nick Saban in, in the Crimson Tide. If he goes and throws four touchdowns, 450 yards against the Crimson Tide, and that de- and that defense, it raises some questions. Like, okay, he could be the real deal. I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <I'm a> t- <laughs> no, no shots, man. I just, I look. I'm gonna be honest with you. I love the fact that we have a Drew Brees. I'm a Saints fan, and you can't tell. Yeah. So I love the I love the um the fact that we have a Drew Brees. I love the fact that you know we have a guy who's smart, 
accurate. You know what I mean? Somebody who can get us through the through the um you know through games and get us to wins. Mm-hmm. But I don't want no more of this like you know this short passing game or. Oh or, nah, yeah, I, you. I got you. you know I, I mean, got I you. want somebody yeah. with some stupid arm talent for once. I, I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, you feel I me? Got like, you. I need to yeah. see. I want to see a release like down down the field. Like I want to see it now. Now I understand. I understand you don't need. And I and I've talked about this. And I actually just went through a bunch of Saints. Um, you know, we posted something cool on um Twitter today with the with Drew Brees, his two hundred and twenty two yards, his four touchdowns, right? And um and we talked about the need for air yards, right? I don't need them, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need air yards. Yeah. But yeah. to be honest with you, after years of this lack of air yards, right? <laughs> and you see all these young quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes, right? Like a Kyler Murray, even little guy oh, yeah. throwing a rocket. You know what I mean? You see, yeah. and I, I'm not gonna mention Josh Allen. He has a good arm, but I don't want no parts of that either, right? Um, <laughs> but you look at all these guys, like Aaron Rodgers. You see this ridiculous arm talent, and honestly, for once, I believe that if you put that ridiculous arm talent with a Sean Payton, it's gonna be something nasty. Oh, it's another uh, one name to throw out there to you. Um, to watch in this draft. He's, he just got invited to the Senior Bowl. Jamie Newman, he was supposed to be the QB for, um, for, the, for the Georgia Bulldogs. I re- with, with the talent they have on offense, I really wish he didn't opt out. But I understand with COVID and everything, I get it. I wanted to see him in that offense mm-hmm. because I hated the offense he played in in Wake Forest. That ridiculous uh, – re- the way that they ran the read option and, and stuff, I, I couldn't stand it. And just the talent wasn't there. He had seen Surratt, but outside of that, who else? He would have had George Pickens and 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 um, I forget the the young running back's name over there, but he would have had weapons, good old line, good running back, everything, right? So I wanted to see that. He's got a he's got an arm. He's got an arm. He's mobile, uh, strong frame. He has what it takes. And I want you know I, I'm I'm hoping to to see him at the Senior Bowl this year because I really believe that he could put on the show. Yo, thank you, man, for joining us again. We truly, truly appreciate it, yo. Um, look, go out and check out this My Draft, man. This My Draft 1.0, Damian Parsons oh, yeah. 2021, My Draft 1.0. I want you to get a look at that um, for those people who are in that mood. You know what I mean? Some people, your team is done, and you know it, and you need to figure out what's going to happen next year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go check out the article, man. Um, look, um, Damian, tell us how we can find you. you. You mentioned it earlier. Tell us how we can find you on Twitter. Tell us how we can find your stuff, man, so we can get more of this awesome content. Hey, listen, man, follow me on Twitter, DP underscore NFL. Um, I am one of the uh, scouts and writers for the Crocker Report, which we have Twitter page as well. Just go to the search bar, type in Crocker Report. You will find it. Uh, also, you will find me covering the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm working on a piece now that should be out in a couple of days before the game Sunday uh, for the um, – Oh, I almost forgot the name of the site, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I covered the the Cardinals. Everybody knows I love the scout. That's just who I am. You know what I mean? Um, but Raising Arizona is the the uh, website for, on Twitter as well uh, for the Arizona Cardinals for fan site covering them. Um, so yeah, just find me. You know what I mean? Anybody wants to talk ball anytime, hit me up. I'm always available. Awesome, man. Yo, thank you once again. We appreciate you joining us. Hey, look, if you're out there, we thank you. We appreciate you for listening. Y'all have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. We out. God bless. God bless. Stuck inside of this basement, wasted. 
Dream so big, so vivid, I mean, I swear to y'all, I can taste it. Cake so good, but I don't know none of y'all out here that's gonna make it. So I go and get mine from the public, and they love it, but I'm chasing. Sugar free brand, man, a lot of people living that sweet life, they're just faking. And ain't nothing more cold in my mind than me to being so real and authentic. And I'm riding around with my windows down, and got nothing to hide, it ain't tinted. And I ain't got a whole lot of time, so I guess it's all about how we spend it. Splendid and ego tripping since a young kid. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.